Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Before we get started today, I'm going to put my news hat back on just one sec and let you know if you're traveling on I-80 in the Valley, expect some delays westbound because of a tractor-trailer crash. It is along I-80 West in Northumberland and Montour counties between mile markers 216 and 220. That's west of the Route 54 Danville exit was reported just after 1 p.m. this afternoon. One vehicle overturned that was involved in the crash with the tractor-trailer. Extradition was also, extrication rather, was also performed at the scene as well, unknown how long that's going to take for crews to clear the scene. So again, that's I-80 West along between mile markers 216 and 220. That is west of the Route 54 Danville exit, which is exit 224, so be aware of that into travels for the rest of this afternoon. A couple of severe thunderstorm warnings are popping up across the valley as well. Middleburg area, western Snyder County, lower section of Northumberland County, Mount Carmel, Shemokin area, all with severe thunderstorm warnings till 3.30, so be aware of that as well. Now we get things started here today. Great show coming up today. First, we got Bob Grove, Penguins historian, on a big one for the Pens tonight. 6.30, game six. In Long Island, trying to stave off elimination, force a Game 7 back at home Friday night at PPG. And no secret in two areas where, well, really no secret in all areas where the Pens need to pick it up. I want to start with the goalie in Tristan Jari, who has been average at best. When you talk about continuing to get beat high glove side, and he knows at this point the Islanders are going to do it because they know that's his weak spot. And he still really has not had much of an answer for that, which I think is just flabbergasting. Because he's been solid, very solid at times for the Pens this year, but he just has not had it together this series. And then the number one thing that he's known for, which is his puck control, has has been kind of up and down and obviously was lackluster and costly in Game 5 when he mistakenly just try to clear the puck right to an Islanders player 
and it was the game winner in double overtime the other night in game five. And what has been surprising is Cindy Crosby still has is the best player that they have. And he's definitely been that way at times, but you feel like you can probably see a little bit more from him, which is kind of strange to say. But it's other guys that got to step up. They've gotten it, from, for the most part, from Jeff Carter and why they traded for him at the trade deadline. Jake Gensel done absolutely nothing. Malkin continues to kind of stay under the rock a little bit and underperform. He needs to step up tonight. Jake Gensel hasn't done well either this series. And the Pens, as Steve mentioned the other day, have been the second worst team out of all the playoff teams of getting to a power play. Now, I think that's also because the Islanders are a very disciplined team. So there's a couple of things. The Pens are capable of winning this game tonight, no doubt, but I just think losing like that at home the way they did, I just feel like this is prime shape for the Islanders to win this year. But I think if the Pens can win this game tonight, then I think they they can they win this series in seven. But I, I think the Islanders are going to close it out tonight. That's my non-Penguin hater objective view of this game. I really do think the Islanders close it out tonight and would face the Bruins next round. But if not, the Pens, I think, win Game 7. So basically, I think the winner of this game wins the series tonight. So that's at 6.30 tonight on NBCSN. Also tonight is Game 2 between... The Wizards and the Sixers, and the Sixers are up one game to none. Game two tonight at 7 on NBC Sports Philadelphia and on NBA TV nationally. And we'll have John Clark from NBC Sports Philadelphia join us at 4.35 today. First time we've had him on the show. Very excited to have him aboard For those of you that watch NBC Sports Philly, that follow the Philly teams, know him as Johnny Airport. He's always there when a new player comes to town or leaves town. He's always there. So uh, we loved, I love John Clark. So I'm glad we got him to join us today at uh, 435. He's got a new podcast too that you you can uh, subscribe to as well. So we'll have him to preview game two for the Sixers tonight and probably get into the other Philly teams. The Phillies, of course, a lot to get into there with them. And maybe we'll touch on the Eagles with them, but mostly focused on the Sixers. And I know for those that have, for the very few fans that have that followed the Sixers here, I know the NBA is not huge in this market, but for those Sixers fans that have been following the team, know how polarizing Ben Simmons is. And he's he had six points, but he had 15 assists and 15 rebounds. First player since Wilt to do that in a playoff game. And I've been a critic of him wanting him to shoot the basketball more. I, I think in teams past in his early career, in the early part of his career, if he had learned to shoot and add that to his what was a tremendous game, then that would have made the Sixers a more dangerous team and probably a better team. But at the same time, if you can find if you can coach and form a team around that, then it doesn't really matter what Ben Simmons does because he's going to give you everything that he has defensively, and he's the team's best defensive player besides Matisse Thybul. 
and he obviously spreads the ball around. We know that. That's that, that's his game, and I think that's how it's just going to be now, especially now that the Sixers have been able to form him around with a much better prime Joel Embiid, and you have sharpshooters now with Danny Green and Seth Curry on the outside. You've got a good bench, or a pretty, a pretty decent bench overall. You've added George Hill from the trade deadline. So would I still like to see him shoot the basketball? And should he still shoot it at times? Yeah, definitely. The more you can add to your game to make you more dangerous, the better. But I don't think it's as dire of an issue now as it is before now that the Sixers have smartly built around his strengths and have and Doc Rivers has, coached, has smartly coached around his strengths. So to not think Ben Simmons has been a part of this, uh, a big part of the success of this team or to think that he's holding this team back because he's not shooting for this team this year you don't know what you're watching because first of all you look at the record the Sixers haven't been good this year without him and or Joel Embiid in the lineup but especially him and when he's not in the lineup defensively the Sixers have suffered he makes so much of a difference that I can still appreciate what he what he brings every night for the Sixers, despite me and other fans, of course, wanting him to shoot the ball more. And I looked him again tonight. And I still think, after the way Game 1 went for the Sixers, where the officiating was atrocious, Joel Embiid got into early foul trouble, only played 10 minutes of the first half, Tobias Harris, of course, stepped up, and so did Ben Simmons in a in his way with all those assists and rebounds and good defensive play. They're, because they were able to survive the game one, anytime a lower seed is going to try to make noise in the series, they're going to try, try to steal one on the road in game one. And the Sixers, of course, because of the stupid play-in tournament, had a whole week off. So you feared that you might see some rust with them a little bit. And it did show. But then finally, when they when they went on that big run in the second half after the flurry of threes from Seth Curry, late in the third and early fourth, Sixers pull away. Because they pulled away in that game, I think they're primed to sweep this series. And they can take another good giant step toward that with a W here tonight, it, especially if they can win this game outright. I still think each and every game is going to be tough because the Wizards have just been a pesky team all year. The Sixers, for whatever reason, can't deal with Bradley Beal, but they can slow down Russell Westbrook. Okay. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes in this game. But you finally made it, Steve, with the severe storms rolling through. Yeah, they they rolled through and they knocked trees down. So I'm going drive. I'm driving down, getting here to the house. And I'm doing just fine, and all of a sudden, like there's tree down blocking the other side and I was able to weave my way through that and then the police were down the road and there were more trees down I'm wondering if maybe a mini a mini twister you know touchdown because it really rolled through here pretty good and I'm wondering if that happened because I mean they had to close the section of the road I was only I don't know I think it was a quarter mile from the studio here. But I had to go all the way around. <laughs> Just to get back. You know, let's go all the way around. Well, that's coming our way here then. We have severe thunderstorm warnings till 3.30 for Western Snyder and Southern Northumberland County. Enjoy. So there you go.
Enjoy. Yeah. It was getting Bye dark on our window in our backyard here, but nothing like really noticeable, but I'll have to check during the commercial break. Do you hate storms? Nah, not really. You hate everything else. I mean, they give me more work <laughs> on just, the new side uh, of things, but, I'm you just, know, whatever. Just kidding. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I am full of excitement tonight, Steve, as I was just talking about before you jumped on. Sixers, I feel good of where the Sixers are tonight. And, of course, we'll talk to John Clark today. I just feel good where they're at right now. There you go. Well, first of all, they're way better than the team they're playing. Well, <laughs> it goes without let's, saying, yes. Let's start with that. It's, you know, there's, there's, certain, there's certain simple uh, things that you start with. Uh, they're better. They're just better. And go from there. You're just better. Normally, being just better is really a good thing. And that's why they survived game one. And that's why I think if they survived a pesky game like that, they're in good shape the rest of the series. They'll be just fine. Yeah. They'll be just fine. So, yeah. Pens, on the other hand, not so much. Well, I always love when I hear people, you know, it'll be like two games to none. This is a must win tonight. No, it's not. Now, when you're down three games to two, it's a must win. <laughs> that is a must win. Okay. So, I said earlier, the winner of this game tonight wins the series. Obviously, if Isles win tonight, but I think if the Pens win tonight, they win game seven at home. Boy, I think everyone thought they'd be they won the pivotal fifth game at home. You know? Well, either way, pre-series, I thought this was going seven. But I think the way the Islanders won that game the other night, they the way in the fashion that they did, they I think they closed it out tonight. But if they lose tonight, I think the Pens take game seven. I'll be honest with you. It, I felt like the Penguins lost the game. Oh, of course they did. That's why I think the yeah. Islanders closed it out tonight because that's a deflating loss for the Pens. Now you got to go on the road to try and stave yeah. off elimination. Well, they're going to need certain people to step up tonight. They're going to need Jake Gensel to step up tonight. They're going to need Brian Rust to step up tonight. They're going to need Malkin to step up tonight. I expect Crosby to play really well. Crosby always plays well. It's only about Crosby. Crosby always plays well. Somehow they've got to get to the power play. They've only been on the power play. What, they're number 15 in power play opportunities? That's it? I mean, that's out of 16 teams. Out of 16 teams. We're going to talk to Bob Grove. We're going to get Bob last second. He's going to join us. Talk about that tonight. Then we're going to talk about your Sixers. Hey, by the way, good news for the Eagles. The cap went from 182.5. To 208.2. How about that? That is big. I mean, now they can go out and they can sign. Oh, that's right. They're already signed. Okay. Well, it didn't go as well as you hoped. (laughs) Well, we knew this was going to be the case anyway. I think it's still been a pretty good offseason. Despite the cap issues. 
Well, everybody has cap issues. Right, because of the pandemic. But this, the Eagles were in more dire, more of a dire situation because of the Wentz contract, and they just were tight to begin with. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, it was tight to begin with. So, but everybody's going to have a little more cap room. Gives it actually helps the Steelers out. The Steelers were kind of in a tough area. be honest with you and now they're not I think that helps them a lot I think that ends up being a big plus for them what about Jacksonville let's see Jacksonville so you end up with what an additional 26 million about in cap which means that Jacksonville would have been a hundred and one million below the cap. <laughs> How about that? We have money to spend. What does it tell you that they're not spending on, a, on any former Eagles? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that no former Eagles want to go there. <laughs> oh, believe me. If there's money, don't fool yourself. Okay? Guess what? Okay, Jacksonville financially becomes Shangri-La if the money is right. Until there this point, is. no one would want to go to Jacksonville. I'm just telling you. The money thing uh, is the, the money is the only thing that makes Jacksonville an attractive place to go for free agents in the future. They've got money. They have money. And you're a hater. Just spewing facts. You're a hater. <laughs> Don't know why you are, but you are. Can you explain why? Because they're a disaster of an organization. Okay. That disaster of an organization was in the AFC title game a couple of years ago. They aren't that bad. They got I mean, lucky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they were a good team that year. Then there's your team. Hey, I, I'm not saying my team's that much better, right? In better shape right now, but. My coach is not Urban Meyer, and my and I don't have Tim Tebow on my roster, so I feel like I'm in a little better shape right now. He's a backup tight end. You guys make such a big deal out of a backup tight end. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, seriously. He is... In terms of winning and losing, his relevance is not exactly... Okay? That that this this really strikes me where I sit back. Some people are like so bent out of shape about Tim Tebow. Why? Why? Why aren't they bent bent out of shape because of some Eastern Illinois backup tight end the Eagles brought in as one of their ninety guys? Why? Because the guy's popular. Because people are tired of the gimmick. 
Well, evidently, a lot of people seem to like the guy. I mean, his jersey sales have gone off the charts. Why is that? He's a guy that you either love him or you hate him. And the people that love him, obviously, are a little bit more because the jersey sales are up. But there's a lot of people that hate him. Just the way he is. You're sitting there. But what has he done to make you hate him? What has he done to make you hate him? Hate him? That he hasn't acknowledged that, you know what? Maybe it's just not going to happen. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If somebody gives you, if somebody were to call you today and say, you know what? We'd like you to come in and give it a shot in the NFL as a backup running back. Would you say no? No, but this is but this is a first attempt. This is like second or third going back to a position where he should have done in the first place. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory, the best. Fabulous lineup of pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. So, you're mad that Tim Tebow gets a chance. Yes. You're angry that Tim Tebow gets a chance. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, no. What about the other 35 guys that are going to get cut? You mad at them for getting a chance? I'm not mad at them because this is their first opportunity, and most, if not all of them, are at the positions that they either have been or were asked to convert to to try to make an NFL roster. Tebow, on the other hand, came as as a quarterback when he was asked to move to tight end, had a couple of lightning bolt games, but couldn't sustain his career. And even then, he was asked, you want to move, maybe you should move to tight end. He still refused to do it. Then he leaves. 
He tries to pick up baseball when he hasn't played it in God knows how long prior to that. And he just makes a mockery of himself in the Mets organization. But then he finds a good job, and he does does a good job on ESPN, on SEC Network, doing college football. And there you go. Now, all of a sudden, because Urban Meyer's back, and Urban Meyer loves his buddy from his Florida days, ah, let's give it a shot again just for the heck of it. It's just... It just rubs me the wrong way. I couldn't tell. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, I'm 33 years old. I should have done this a long time ago, but why not? I'll just do it. Just for the heck of it. Let's give it a shot. So, if you had an opportunity to be a professional athlete, to do something you've loved and have loved your entire life and you get another opportunity out of the blue no you wouldn't do it because you'd be making a mockery of the whole thing if I knew if I was given a second chance let's say at a professional athlete career athletic career and I knew I probably I, my chances probably weren't going to be great or I just didn't like how I felt I know I would say no really I would and and if I and if also if I were basically if I were in Tim Tebow's spot, I would have said no. I would say no. So it's wrong for Tim Frazier to continue to pursue the NBA. But he's he's coaching now, isn't he? No, Tim's Tim's with, with Memphis. Oh, he's Memphis. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's been with I don't know six, seven, eight teams now. But he's no, been on. See. But he's been on those teams, though. He's been in the NBA all this time, hasn't he? Yeah, he's kept his career alive. What's okay. Wrong with keep, what's wrong with keeping your career alive? That's fine, but he he didn't take six years in between, and then all of a sudden have this epiphany that oh, maybe I should go to the position that I was told to go when I first came out of the college. Frazier hey, stayed with it. Fitzpatrick is another good example. I don't I don't mind Fitzpatrick's been everywhere around the NFL. Because he's taken advantage of his of his time, wherever he's been. He's another good example. I mean, it's like being in this business and you know, and moving to the front office and still doing high school football on Fridays. <laughs> no, not the same S-U-I-T, thing. S U I T. That spells suita. Hey. You think about it. I mean, even took a year off to watch Suit Light do whatever it was he did. <laughs> Come on, man. I have a little sense of humor. Have some fun. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> What's the difference? Tim Tebow, the suit. What's the difference? One year compared to six. And we're talking about just going back to the booth. I just... <laughs> Don't ever say that to him. I know. Don't you ever say just going back to it. <laughs> Don't, Don't you ever minimize... <laughs> Ever minimize the incredible 
contributions made by the award winner himself. He's a personal friend of Lee Diffie. You, sir, are my hero! Having a little fun here. You get bent out of shape about this guy. I mean, you do. You get bent out of shape. I've been told that before. Just trying out. He's just trying out. I had to read that Jason Lecafora article last week to you. Oh, I know because I, even even though I'm not the biggest Lock and Fora fan, I actually think that is true. It's all about trust, brother. It's all about trust. Trust means a lot when you're doing sports. When, When it's sports, you know, people say, why is that guy playing? And I always tell everybody, look, you don't understand. If you're there, you understand that they trust him and why they trust him. I mean, that's a that, trust is a big thing. Well, he's an athlete that, by the way, you know. Look, Urban's always been almost too loyal to a fault. Okay, I'll be honest with you. He, he really has, and that's what got him in trouble, eventually down at Florida. He started getting too loyal to a core group of guys, and one one of them, to be honest with you, was Percy Harvin. And it ended up being, it, it caused a problem in the locker room. He was too loyal to Percy Harvin. And like I said, I did his last game in Florida, and that was a shell of a Florida team compared to um, you know what he'd had before. I mean, Penn State lost that game, and they lost it. it you know, so really, you didn't feel like Florida won the game when it was over with. You felt like Penn State had lost it. I rare, I rarely feel that way. Rarely. Um, but I mean, facts are facts, and you could see you know, a lot. Of, you know, obviously, he had Aaron Hernandez too, and people have always like, "Oh, what happened there?" He's been loyal to Tebow, I mean, like really loyal. He always has been, and you know, it's as Urban has said to me once. He said, "What's the deal with the hater up there?" I said, "I don't know. He's kind of bitter." At least you know your name came up in conversation. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Having a little fun with you. Having a little fun with you. The heck. Not as well. Um, got a note from the uh, front office. Said that... The, we were required to mention, you know, to talk. We were required to talk about the Indianapolis 500. So I just want to say that the uh, Indianapolis 500 is Sunday. That fulfills the obligation. We can now move on. <laughs> Can't stand this show. 
No good! No good! No good! <laughs> I fulfilled the obligation, didn't I? You did. We Didn't go into on. any specifics. We move on. <laughs> Time to move on, my man. <laughs> we move on. He said we had to mention it. I think I did. And you did. It's Sunday. Hey, you know, we should have some fun on Friday. We'll do some we'll do race predictions. What do you think? Sure, why not? Well, that didn't sound very positive. <laughs> we'll throw it into our what to watch for this week. I think people will watch it. You know, I, can I, I, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, uh, I will probably watch bits and pieces of both races uh, on Sunday. Same. Well, to, well, to a point, because, I mean, I do have, I have a baseball game Sunday. I'm doing. So, I mean, I, I am working Sunday. So, I mean, there'll be a a point. Well, it's the way the game is. I'll probably see the end of the Indy 500 in the broadcast booth, and then uh, and then the other race doesn't really start till after I'm done with the game. But Indianapolis, well, I'll tell you, I love the speed of it. I love the format of it. I really do. Uh, because they just get out there and they race. I don't know about you. I can't stand the win stage one, stage two. So just keep driving the freaking car, will you? Get out there and go. Oh, they just won stage one. Oh, my goodness, stage one. Really? Got me a break, stage one. <laughs> I, I'm i in the minority. I don't mind it, but that's just me. It's, you're always stopping. I don't need you to stop. Keep going. <laughs> Go. Drive the car. Drive the car. Keep moving. Come on. You're killing me here. I'm just telling you. I just, you know, all right, we're going to stop now. Stop for what? He won stage one. You're like, for goodness sakes, just get in the thing and just go. All right, move. At least Indianapolis, he got out there. You know, although Chad had the best line of anybody. When he, Chad says, so if I go 500 miles, I want to end up someplace. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, Chad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I like the format better, where it's traditional. You go out, you got 500 miles, you pit, you go. You pit, you go, you pit. And none of this, hey, hey just won stage 82. Okay, huh, fabulous. Stage 82. Uh, how fortunate are we to watch the first 81 stages? 
it's not a format. I, I don't understand why they keep going to that format. What am I missing? Am I missing something? They're just trying to create more excitement and around the and more hype around the around the racing itself, but then to build uh, things no, up for the NASCAR playoffs because that's also yeah, changed because of the way they've but changed the that, stages and all that. All the, all that playoff stuff means nothing to fans. I mean, I'll give you one. Phil Mickelson won the PGA over the weekend, right? Do you think the average fan gives a darn who wins the FedEx Cup points? Now, let me give you a good example. When Tiger Woods had his triumphant win in Atlanta at the PGA Tour Championship, everybody went crazy about it, right? Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Who that on that day? Who won the FedEx Cup? Yeah, that I can't say off the top of my right. head. Justin Rose. Nobody knows. It's irrelevant to fans. Tiger won. Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters. Phil Mickelson won the PGA. The majors are the majors. This other stuff where they're trying to create some sort of excitement. No. I'm not there. I, I never. I never have been. I've never been there with the, the you know, the points and the things like the. Look, with all due respect to, the to Indianapolis. Uh, I shouldn't say to Indianapolis. I mean to the sport of IndyCar racing. About the only race fans care about is the Indianapolis 500. That's their major league race. The about the only race people really care about. Maybe to a point, the world 600, but Daytona 500. In golf, it's the four majors, maybe the players. Okay? Wimbledon, U.S. Open, eh, to a lesser extent, French Open, Australian Open. They have their... Um, they, they've established as... as, as as big events. After that, it's it's not like that. At least to me, I don't know about you. No, I, I've been pretty much in agreement for the casual the other, fans. Right. The other events, the other event. I got it. It's it's okay. I mean, but the other event is the other event. You know, the, along the way. Um, but like I, for well, me, for Na- as a NASCAR fan, like I'll, I'll watch any races that I that I can try to to watch. But for me. I, I'm like I can't miss the Daytona 500, and I obviously want to watch all the po- the Pocono races because it's local here. Sure, I understand. You know, I, like I, I, I want to ever... see. I want to watch Darlington because they always have the throwbacks. You know, I I, yeah. I I make sure that I I really care about the big ones, but then the other ones throughout the year, I'm not upset about if I miss it. Right, I understand. I'm just saying that. So I agree. Yes, absolutely. I mean, now, do I do? Does it mean that once in a while, hey, look, the Byron Nelson's on, nothing? Okay, yeah, I'll watch it. Okay, or a race is on, like you know, they're at uh, Talladega. Like, okay, you know, uh, it was an IndyCar race in Texas. I watched a few laps of that one night. You know, but that's about what it is. It is what it is. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Bob Grove next half hour on the Penguins. 
And we'll talk about the Sixers' final half hour. After show, more Matt Bitterness. Just get rid of get get it out of your system before you pick up your child. He's a beautiful little guy. Yes, All he right. is. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.